My name is Sarah Inglis, and I'm a certified integrative health coach. I help people thrive in their bodies and reclaim the health they've always wanted. Each week, I interview people who have a passion for health. You'll hear from health experts, farmers, herbalists, doctors, chefs, and many more. My hope is that they'll inspire us all to tune into our gut and notice how lifestyle and food impact us. Erin McHugh is a former publishing executive and the author of more than 30 books of inspiration, history, humor, trivia, and more. She lives in South Dartmouth, Massachusetts, and recently published a new book entitled Pickleball is Life. She intertwines how-tos with humor and her palpable enthusiasm for the game that makes you want to jump off your couch and Google where to play in your community. We all know that staying physically active is a pillar of well-being and aging well. This is a game that embraces joy and connection of all ages and even makes you break a sweat. The founding of the game is such a beautiful example of the power of thought, creative collaboration, using available resources to put an idea into action, and having an amazing ripple effect. If you want to add some movement, fun, and connection to your life, read Pickleball is Life. You just might want to add this game to your life. Hi, Erin. Hello, Sarah. <laughs> Before we started recording, saying how we grew up together, we went to college together, and now we live down the road from each other, so it's a small world. <laughs> <laughs> we can't keep ourselves apart. So now we're finally having a conversation. Yeah, now we're finally having <laughs> it. took a podcast and publishing a book, by the way. So Erin has published this book, Pickleball is Life, which I've read, and it's really, whoa, jam-packed with information. But I'm really curious, Erin, how, how you were first introduced to pickleball. You know, a bunch of people, not many of whom you know, got together one Sunday. Gee, it must have been three or four years ago. And somebody called me and said, we're going to get together and, and try playing this game pickleball. And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. And she said, no, come on over. It'll be fun. And uh, one, of, one of the people that was organizing, she said, she sort of knows some of the rules. We thought, all right, that's enough for us. So we all sort of started, and it was a little bit mishmashy. And then everybody got more interested. And so we started trying to put uh, foursomes together and go to the indoor tennis spot. And then we started, which happens a lot today as the, score, as the sport gets bigger and bigger. We are scouring places to play. You know, mm -hmm. if there's a, a mall that's closed, we're going to paint something in the parking lot and bring a portable net. It doesn't matter where you go. So we just got started, and then it becomes, as, as, my, uh, as my book says, an obsession. At least for me, it is. Yeah. So tell, but was it, from that very first time, was it like love at first sight, the very first time you played, or is it something that sort of grew over time? Yes, it sort of is love at first sight, and I'm not alone in this. We always say to people, because, you know, you're always bringing people out to play with you, because I find I'm, a, I'm sort of a missionary about pickleball. I want everybody to be having the same fun I'm having. I want to bring that joy to everybody. So you're always sort of trying to get people to join up with you and, and have the fun. So when we tell them we bring these people out, and a lot of them have been tennis players all their lives. So you think, well, I've got some skills. I've got some chops. 
and you get out there, and the thing is, the ball doesn't bounce very much. It's a wiffle ball. It's an actual <laughs> wiffle, wiffle ball, but with a new name. And the paddle is like an oversized ping pong paddle. So you, we say, okay, look, don't get frustrated, Miss Former Tennis Player. It's, you know, the ball's not going to bounce, so you got to run to it. And every time you're going to try to hit the ball, it's going to be a lot, your paddle is a lot shorter than your tennis racket. So expect that for the first maybe 14 to 16 minutes, you're going to be frustrated. But you know what? It doesn't matter because after eight minutes, you're obsessed. (laughs) (laughs) Is that because you finally get it? Or is it sort of like... I was just thinking, you know, sort of like ping pong, because anybody can really play ping pong. I mean, you yeah. might be terrible at it, but it's that's sort right. of fun, right? Well, that's, that, that's the truth. And I've talked to, um, I was lucky, lucky enough, if you uh, see in the book, I was lucky enough, there were three men invented it, uh, as most people know by now, on Bainbridge Island off of Seattle, Washington in 1965. I was lucky enough to track down two of the kids of those, they invented it for their kids. And I was lucky enough to track down two of those kids and talk to them and get the the source story, which is fun because you really, really get back to in when you're doing historical things mm-hmm. to get back to the very beginning, you know, and talk to right, somebody. Right. And they said the same thing, you know, it's just that it's fun. It's just so dopey. And everybody can play. And and so the, their take on it is, you know, it's it's a little bit of a mystery why everybody loves it so much, but it's mm-hmm. sort of dopey. But it's a very kind sport. I'm sure we'll get into that later. I'll tell you yeah. more. Yeah. Well, I I loved, I'm going to jump, I love uh, the different quotes you have in your book by some famous people. And I'm a, I love Brene Brown. And I uh-huh. loved her quote, which I am going to read to segue into the next question. But it's about connection, joy, and play, and the importance of play in a world where exhaustion and workaholism are status symbols. And yes. And I just love that endorsement from somebody who's so highly respected. I mean, that's what you're talking about, too, obviously, or want to share. But I frequently, I mean, always I'm I'm advising clients who haven't found some kind of movement. Mm -hmm. And I literally mean movement, some kind of exercise that they don't love. Because if you don't love it, you're not going to pursue it. You're not going to keep on doing it. You want to love it. Absolutely. <laughs> and have fun at doing it. So yeah, yeah, you know, you and I live in the country. People say, well, we'll go for a long walk. And I'm like, meh. I, a walk was never something that fascinated me. I'm sorry to say. So then you're right. Well, you start thinking, well, what am I going to do? You know, you want to get some sort of uh, some sort of movement of any kind, yoga, you and I go to yoga, but you know, there's 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 so much to do out there, right? But you've got so, to find it. You're right. Yeah, you have to find it, and and just having yeah, it could be unexpected, and and that's why it's so great. I think that this is so accessible. It's such an accessible. I mean, it's, there are courts all around us. It's yep, there are now. I drive down the road and I see at least two. Yeah, uh, just well, that, on our road. Right, that I built one of the one behind me. I built. Oh wow. Oh, that's good for you. So how, from your personal perspective, how do you think pickleball does promote one's wellness or sense of well-being? I think there's lots of stuff, Sarah. And one of the interesting things about pickleball and COVID, I started playing just before COVID and at this court, which is nearby me, which you know, we had set up, we have a, a portable net. And when COVID came, the really scary times, we took it down. 
you know, because mm. you can't do anything else. But what had happened was, you know, after six weeks or so, we thought, well, can't we play? We'll be outside and, you know, not a room together. We'll be six feet away from each other probably. And so we started, we'd start to play with masks. That lasted three minutes. People played with gloves. We always, for months before and after we, we, we played, we would sanitize the balls until we understood more, you know, what was going on with COVID, of course. But it was so scary. And as far as the, the mental wellness of pickleball, in this case in particular, those days, and everybody remembers them, that were so, so terrifying. And you, you know, you couldn't leave your home. You could go out and we found and play pickleball and, and for an hour and a half, you didn't worry about one thing, and you actually laughed. Yeah. And well, it you was, actually felt normal, it sounds like. It, you it had some normal. normalcy. Yeah, yeah, and you didn't know if there would ever be a return to, to normalcy. And so it was extremely helpful in that way. You come back into your house again, and you think, wow, wow, there is an, there's another life. There's another world, and it's, and it's out there. And, you know, people who were in pods, with your, your, your uh, people who left cities and came to towns like this, and and suddenly we're living with their parents and their grandparents and the tiny babies, whatever. And they're all in a pod together. This is a way for them to also to get out of each other's hair, hair indoors and at least play something outdoors and have some fun and, you know, take, take the edge off a little bit. So that, that uh, promoted, you know, exponentially the growth of pickleball uh, in, those, in those years. So mentally in that way, it's, it's, it's lots and lots of laughs. Because it is, there's something sort of dopey about it. You hear people say a lot about, like I'll hear people say, you know, I've been playing tennis with my best friend, has been my tennis partner for 20 years. Now I'm saying she's my best friend, but I cannot stand playing with her on the court. Well, that was too late. You got to play for, with her for another 15 at least, right? There's no getting out of that. <laughs> and then they'll say on the side, they'll say, you know what? That girl, that woman who's my tennis partner, I get her on the pickleball court. Oh, it's completely funny and laughing and laid back, and they're like a completely different person. I can't tell you why, but you know the the mental health of uh, you know the the being able to get out there and laugh and relax and meet new people is the thing I have met. I cannot tell you. I have different pods of people, three or four different pods of people that I play with in different towns, and I go, oh, I haven't played with these guys for a while. I'll go do that. And so, you know, and we do stuff now outside of pickleball. We, you know, have dinner together, go out for a drink or something like that, go to the movies. And one of the other great things about pickleball is there's really no age to it mm. about, about, you know, starting or ending. I play with somebody who's 92. Wow. And I also teach the little girls, the fifth graders over at our sister school, which is a uh, girls only uh, school in our town, uh, for those listeners who don't know it, of course. And we teach these kids. So they're what? 10. And everybody loves it. Now, here's the thing. I s talk to people all the time who say, well, yeah, I've just started playing. And I think, huh, something's up there. What's up? Really? I say, are you enjoying it? as well. I played with my in-laws and they're like 65 and they beat the crap out of us. <laughs> say, and you know what? That may continue. You know, so there doesn't seem to be it's age defying in a way. I mean, I'm 70 and I play every day. 
at least once. Wow, wow. Yeah. Do you feel overwhelmed with the thought of transforming your health? If the idea of creating a balanced diet, managing stress, and forming new sleep patterns stresses you out, don't worry, I am here to help. As an experienced integrative health coach, I can help you develop signature health strategies that work for your lifestyles and goals. After working with me, my clients have lost weight, improved their sleep, and reversed lifestyle diseases. I'm offering three free strategy sessions before the end of the month. Click the link in the description of this podcast to book yours today. And so were you playing this morning in the I was the playing this cold? morning. I still have my sweatshirt on. I played yeah. indoors. Was, but if somebody oh, okay. called me after this and said they were in desperate need of some help, I would go out. When, I, when <laughs> people ask me, I say, well, here's the thing. I like to play once a day. Really, I'd prefer to play twice. And oh, wow. If somebody, there, there are a few occasions I play three times a day, but then the visiting nurse has to come over and pry me off the couch so I can cook a little <laughs> faster. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to ask. So if it's, if it's, I've only played once, I need to get out there. I oh, do, you do. I did buy a paddle. Oh, good. I'm going to take you right out. It was before I'd read your book and I just went to Dick Sports and bought the package that had the balls and the paddles. In okay. It. I yeah, have extras. Anyway. We'll get out there. Anyway, I bought I bought it for one of my daughters, thinking that the weather might be good during Christmas time so we could get out there, but we never did. Yeah. But the first time I played it, it was indoors. It was when I was still a teacher. Uh-huh. And it was decades ago, actually. Yes. And I remember thinking, oh, well, this is fun because there were all different, you know, the PE teachers were yep. out there. But then there was this other guy teacher who was not particularly athletic at all. It didn't matter, and I'd never even played it. So, it, right. Well, you, you can you can pick it up. But you played a lot of tennis as a kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you know, but what it also but promotes, that could confuse you. It seems like only for the first <laughs> that's few where minutes. The laughing must come in. That, yes, that's, that's where it starts. That's where it starts. The other thing I like about that is I say play with the ninety-two-year-old and the ten-year-old. I am a big proponent of that it's important for you to, ha- to have friends of all ages. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I find, and that's, that, that is also terrific for any kind of mental wellness, I think, because yes. it, it makes your world bigger. You know, mm-hmm. if I have to find out about the history of our town from before I was alive, from somebody who's 92, or what they used to do, you know, what they used to do, or the wisdom they have about anything, and then I have to learn about some new kind of music from a 10-year-old. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. You need, you know, it, uh, you, cannot, you cannot stagnate in your little group. You cannot. No, I, well. I forbid like, it. Yeah. <laughs> I've been reading the book by Twyla Tharp also of uh, mm-hmm. Keep Moving. I think that's what it's Keep Moving. Uh-huh. You know, and of course, as a dancer, choreographer, it's like, no, you know, you keep growing. I mean, as long as we're breathing, we're growing, right? So why it defies just logic that why would stagnation is not what life is all about? No, but you know, just because you and I think that it doesn't mean that everybody doesn't. No, that, every, that everybody, you know, that there are people who don't grow. Uh, you know, I mean, even if I find I'm doing, and I uh, I live alone and I'm a creature of habit, and uh, I find myself just doing the same things day in or day out, and then I think, okay, no, 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 no. 
You got to call somebody, go do something, find something, read a different kind of book, whatever it is. Well, I think I even noticed that people who might be physically impaired, too, mm -hmm. have access to the game, whether it's, you know, wearing... Of course, lots of people wear knee braces when they're yes. doing athletics, but I noticed in your book, even people who are in wheelchairs. That's they right. Can... Well, yeah, uh, before the wheelchair thing, I'll say this to anyone who's interested. The pickleball court is about a quarter of the size of a tennis court. Mm -hmm. Already, this is, this is why it found so much favor in the senior crowd, and everybody thinks of it as the, you know, people poo-poo it because they think it's a, mm -hmm. a, uh, a sport for seniors. Well, guess what? The median age, again, COVID, is now 38 and falling. So, oh, you know, wow. yeah, yeah, so that, that, that all has changed. It's for everybody. So would you say that's what you love most about the sport? I love, you know, I, I was talking to some people about it the other day, and, and we were asking that question too. And I think we all agreed we liked the camaraderie. You know, even if you, as I say, you know, you, you're playing with different people all the time or you play with different groups, the camaraderie is, the camaraderie is fun. The laughter is fun. The simplicity of it is fun. It's one of those games that's like a minute to learn, a lifetime to master. I feel like you can always get better, which is uh, a very hopeful kind of way to be playing something, right? You know, like, mm -hmm. I have not, not like I have not tapped out. Again, you know, the, the corner is a smaller size. The paddle is much lighter than a racket. So people who are, had bad elbows, bad knees, bad shoulders, uh, started to turn to pickleball. And because it's just easier on your body. It tends to be a kind sport, Sarah, I find. And so aside from the being the camaraderie, I guess maybe it's part and parcel. People are very welcoming. There's a funny saying, and many people, you'll hear it the first or second time you play. People, we are a society and somebody said, no, it's women mostly. But we're a society that says, I'm sorry all the time. Mm. I'm sorry if you drop something by somebody's foot. I'm sorry if you bump them going by. I'm sorry if you pass them on the road. Whatever it is. And guess what? A lot of the time we don't mean that we're sorry. It's just, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, part, it's a part of how we react. And there is sort of an unwritten rule in pickleball, or you'll say it to people, say they start playing and, and, and they're brand new and they say, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, because they're missing the ball. And you say, here's the thing. There's no sorry in pickleball. And I got to tell you, it takes oh, some practice. Yeah, I, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, to stop saying I'm sorry, you're just like, okay, come on. Next point's coming up. It's over. Let's go. Well, and I definitely, I'm sure part of it's, you know, the muscle memory. I'm just thinking, I, I yes. said I'm sorry a lot playing tennis. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm sure your body's just automatically doing things. It's just uh -huh. coming from your subconscious. And about a lot of other you things in life. You that. <laughs> That's right. And then you realize you say it all the time, and you mostly don't mean it. So maybe, you stop, <laughs> maybe it helps you stop saying it other times, too. <laughs> So what what inspired you to write the book? I mean, maybe that's to begin with, yeah. A couple of things. One, you know, I'm a writer, so I've written a lot of books. And it was, I noticed that the only books out there at the time were all sort of self-published rules and regulations sort of books and maybe some history books. And I thought what I really wanted to do was a combination of source book and humor book. Mm -hmm. So that it was fun to read. You know, it didn't, it wasn't just a sort of, you know, tome of rules, but there's a lot of quirky rules and I bring them up and there's, you know, a lot of funny etiquette and 
we talk about some like, you know, because once you're finished, well, you're having so much fun, you don't want to leave each other. So let's talk about Alfred Pickle and Cornichon Martinis and, you know. I, know. And, I like and your recipes. <laughs> the recipes are fun. I tell you what. Recipe. The pickle recipe, this one, and you'll all remember it and don't, and don't pretend that you don't. It must be from about 1968. And I know your mother made it and I know my mother did. And it's the cream cheese. Maybe you add a little horseradish and you roll it up in like salami or something, put a toothpick right. in it. <laughs> and the recipe when I found it was so old that it said, any sort of luncheon meat will do. And I thought, luncheon meat? Who's ever heard that? So now and again, I will make a couple of plates full of those when I go on the road to do an event. And I have to tell you, every single one is gone all the time because they're still delicious. <laughs> Oh my gosh! So anyway, really so then I, uh, so then I, I had hurt my hand, and I I couldn't play trickleball for a while, and so I wrote to my literary agent and I said, and who also plays, and I said, I, I I just found out I have to be in this cast for ten weeks. I said That's I think I time. should write a pickleball book, and I get a one word reply from her, duh. <laughs> <laughs> so up I went. And, you know, and I did a proposal, and then somebody was smart enough to see that this was the coming thing and bought it right away at HarperCollins at Harvest Books. So uh, there, there, we, there we were off. Uh, in the meantime, so I was, you know, writing the book with five fingers on one hand and one finger on the other. It, it, it slowed it down that a little. Must have been <laughs> yeah. tricky. It was tricky. But, you know, I, of course, by then I was already so obsessed. I thought this will ease my obsession. Spending day and night, night and day, which is what I had to do, because uh, it was in a hurry, to uh, writing about pickleball. After about seven days, I thought, this, this will not do. And I went out and I taught myself to play with my other hand. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> which is an interesting brain experience. That is. That's a very interesting you. talking about being flexible. Oh, my gosh. Not stagnant. Whoa. Uh, I know. And I have to tell you, Sarah, it was exhausting. Because, yeah, sure. you know, yeah. like if anybody who's played a racket sport, you know, you think to yourself, wow, I did, that was a great shot. I didn't re think I really aimed it over there. But, you know, your brain does so much work for you without you knowing it. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? In so mm -hmm. many ways. And mm -hmm. it does in that sort of way. But as when I went out and I, and, I, and I learned to play with my other hand, you really had to think about every single movement because mm -hmm. it was not coming automatically. And so... Yeah, I, got, I would be very tired by the end of it. But it, oh, was, wow. it was enormous fun. Of course, then you have to find new friends all the time. You can't ask the same four people to play with you every day. <laughs> <laughs> you got to spread the lack of joy around. Oh, golly. Well, that certainly must make you super compassionate for anybody who's disabled or suffered from a stroke and has to relearn. Absolutely. Yeah, I never move. even broke a, a bone before, so I thought... This is really tough, but you asked about power pickleball, which is quite prevalent. And there's somebody here in town who plays power pickleball. About, he's in his 60s. Great guy. And the, the setup is, if, if you've all of you ever seen, Sarah and I both used to live where we could see the marathon go right by, the New York City Marathon. Mm -hmm. And when you see the marathon the wheelchairs, You'll, you know what they look like. They're, the big wheels are canted, cantilevered in, inward. Mm -hmm. And that's what these, uh, these look like, except there's a fifth wheel on the back. 
and it's just mm -hmm. on a little rod and a tiny little wheel that would be like on the bottom of a desk or something. And what, what the player does, if they lean back, that fifth wheel takes over and they can turn in a circle right there. I don't know what that's called mathematically. Do you know what I mean? You don't yes, have to yeah, go around yeah. in the circle. You're just right. swivelly. You just spin. You're swivelly. Yeah. Spin is yeah. right. So, and the para players are allowed two bounces, which let me tell you, they rarely take. They're mm. very, very, very good. So, my friend Mike, who, who plays, went down to the U.S. Open Pickleball Championships in Naples, Florida last year and came home with a silver medal. Do you find this information helpful? Is there a certain topic you'd like us to cover? Leave us a comment and review about what you'd like to hear. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's very good. Yeah. And he'll play in the kindness, you know, the kindness of, of, the, of the sport. He'll play with anybody. You just learned Michael play with you. You're really, really, but let me tell you, the people who are really, really good are lining up to play with him. I would imagine he yes. must be really yes. good. He's really good. Maybe he even, he's so skilled. In some ways, he might have some advantages, you know, that people aren't used to, I guess. That's yeah, I absolutely. Imagine. Yes, yeah. he has different signals. To, yeah, it's interesting to play with him in every way. Now, I have to say the the rules of the game do sound... Nutty rules. Yeah. I mean, I love the fact that you can you can hit a shot around the the, the post, post of the net. It can yep. go on the outside of that. Right. And Have you ever hit one of those? Is that really hard to do? Twice. Or it's just random. It's it, it's hard to do. You know, I, I like to say to people, you know, I'm not an expert player. I'm just a nut about it. You know. Yeah, it can be only a couple of inches off the ground too. The it's called around the post, ATP, and so that's. Uh, that's a, there are a few things that are hard to do. Uh, the other one is the over and back thing. If you slice it over the net and it comes back to your side without somebody hitting it on the other side, your point. Uh, if you, there's a lot of hitting people, because the ball yeah, doesn't hurt. Yeah, that may hurt. be a little nervous. <laughs> so do you routinely, every time you play, do you get bonked by the ball? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I, I'm assuming it doesn't hurt because it doesn't you wouldn't hurt keep going out. You obviously try not to hit somebody above the well, chest. Well, not in right? the head, yeah. Right. But you can, uh, you know, if you hit somebody, also your point. So, you know. If you hit somebody, if I hit you, it's my point? That's correct. <laughs> so Because you, you didn't get out of the way? That's right. Sorry. So, <laughs> you know, so there's a lot of sorry, not that's sorry funny. there, too. <laughs> Yeah. Are you okay? I mean, you know, everybody is. So it's funny because there's a lot of aiming, you know? In a different kind of way, it sounds like. Yep. It's very, you know, as it, as kind as it is, it can be very competitive. I mean, I'm very competitive, mostly with myself, but, you know, it's pretty funny. And like anything, you're good one day and you just are awful the next. Then right. you go out maybe later in the day, terrific, who knows? The mystery, the mystery right. of sports. Yes, isn't that the truth? So why did you call the book Pickle, Pickleball, or Pickle is Life? Pickleball, Pickleball is Life. See, I think in the beginning, when I was first introduced to it, I think mm -hmm. people called it Pickle. Well, Am we I do, wrong? you know, that's, you're yeah. right. People shorted it to Pickle. Uh, yeah, you know, it just seemed to be like, I mean, it's possibly a social illness of a sort. 
But to me, pickleball is life. Well, if you're playing daily, I guess, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the, if the, here's the funny thing, because people ask me all the time, well, why is pickleball life? And I thought, you know, pickleball is pickleball's life, yes, no. And I thought, actually, what I think is life should be more like pickleball. Because mm. pickleball is kind, it's accessible, it's cheap, it's fun, you can, anybody can play, anybody can improve it, uh, at it, and it's full of joy. Why shouldn't life be like pickleball? It's a good point. And when you think about other racket sports in particular, you know, you have to belong. I mean, sure, they're public town courts, but I don't know. You have to belong. You have to sign up usually That's to right. be a member, you mm -hmm. know, of the recreation that, yep. yeah, in order to yep. um, partake. And it seems yeah. like this really is so much heat. the threshold to entry is right threshold very to, low. It, yeah it's you know it's it's ostensibly free which is yeah. you know if 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 you if you play that I mean you can join clubs sure but you know what everybody can play it'll be interesting to see what happens to it as it evolves as more and more you know people well, age the young people uh -huh. you, you know it's yeah. it's funny uh one of the things that they you know, because I read like one million pickleball newsletters, blogs, whatever a day. A lot of places, you know, you think of somewhere where everybody knows the villages in Florida, which have something like, you know, 200 courts or something. But, and it became, and as we said, it started because of the ease of play for former other rackets, sport, like tennis mm -hmm. players. So these places that are building new developments now are starting to think Let's forget the golf courses for all kinds of reasons. The acreage where they could be building houses, of course, let's think about the money first, but also the ecological uh, questions right. to it. The, the different kinds of even chemicals that are put in the courses that are, people are mm -hmm. now a little mm, about. Let's put in some pickleball courts instead. And people are aging out of golf, you know, it just, it doesn't, it's expensive, like we were saying. Mm -hmm. You know, even if you go to a public course, it's, you know, and it takes all day. It takes all day. So there's a lot of a, a lot of that going on too. And uh, you talked about Brene. There's just so much changing all the time. You talked about Brene Brown. Brene was one of the very first pit people to start and buy a pickleball team, buy into a pickleball team. And yeah, now I found is, that interesting because I know she was a swimmer because yeah. in one of her talks she talks about mm -hmm. she swam competitively. But well, that's yeah, what she's that's, doing now. She's uh, wow. she's gotten the bug. And so, and then, as you've seen, a lot of um, LeBron James and, and, and Tom Brady and blah, 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 blah are all buying pickleball. There's this new Major League Pickleball Association and huh. tour. What's good about that is that they are adding more prize money to the sport. You know, you think back to the days of Billie Jean King and trying to get some equal pay. But, you know, there's, there's not, you can get endorsements and, and, and I suppose live that way, help, help you live that way and, and travel to play. But you know, it's uh, there, there's there's not a lot of money to be a professional pickleball player. But mm -hmm. these these uh, these teams that are coming up now are going to change all that, and it's great. And she was at the at the forefront. Yeah, and I saw I noticed the quote in your book from Serena Williams yes. that this might be her new sport. All right. <laughs> I went, whoa! Right. Watch out, world! Oh, I know. She's so amazing. <laughs> I wish she would start a really high level senior women's tennis association mm. and that you know by that i mean what 50 I don't, you know young 
Right. Oh, wow. Wow. If you could go back 20 years, I'm just going to give you a moment to think about that. Okay. <laughs> oh, Lord. What? what <laughs> no pressure. No. What health I, advice would you give to your younger self? Especially in light of what you've learned, mm-hmm. you know, through your experience with pickleball. You're right. This is an easy one for me. When I, when I lived in New York, you know, I, when I was about turning 65, I guess, and I started to realize running across the street, you know, to catch the light, I'd be huffing and puffing, running up the, getting up the subway stairs, three or four flights of stairs was getting tough. And I, because I'd gained so much weight over the years. Listen, here's the other thing about, I lived in New York for 42 years. I sat down for 42 years, basically, mm. you know? So the good part of that is that I don't have any body pain at the age of 70, because I took such a long rest. <laughs> but... So at 64, I thought, this is not going to get any better. And I'm, you know, I have too much weight on me. I, I, I've got to lose it. And so I went to Weight Watchers. And of course, it works just like they said it did. I lost 35 pounds in 16 weeks. And I kept it off. And, wow. you know, of course, it made me think, why didn't I do this before? You know, we always think that. But, you know, you got to think to yourself, guess what? That's part of my story. Don't be right. thinking back on that. Right. Think about yeah, how yeah. so. Once, once I did that, then I had to turn to part two. Instead of sitting around thinking, why didn't I do that 20 years ago, Sarah? I thought, <laughs> now what I wish I could do is find out an enjoyable way for me to get in shape. Mm. And so I, you know, I moved back here to town, and here was this empty tennis court behind me, and I, huh, I played tennis incessantly when I was a teenager. But you know what? It's like... I, I, I didn't feel like I was up to it somehow, still. Uh, so when Pickleball came along, that was my savior, really. Because, you know, I'd forgotten how much I, I you know, I'm happy to play Pickleball outside if it's 35 degrees. You know, it's, you know, you warm up right away and it's, mm-hmm. you know, have, to be outdoors is, you know, there's nothing like it. And so, you know, I'm, I'm glad, I'm really glad that I lost the weight because, it made me, uh, you know, it was, it was just, there, there was no answer to that. It was never going to get any better. But now the, t- the taking up something that I loved, I have never, ever in my entire life been in better shape as I am now. Well, that's such an inspirational story for our listeners. Right. But I, and also because I'm sure that after losing the weight, too, it was a lot easier for you to move. Absolutely. Which would make playing also a lot more even and, enjoyable. And you want to do something, but as you said, the trick is finding it, you know, and mm-hmm. that's, I think, the only advice you or I could give somebody. Try something out. You yeah, know, just if you don't like it, Yeah, and if you don't like it, move along. You'll know if yeah. you like it or not. Move yeah. on to the next thing. Yeah. Fortunately, we live in a day and age where there's, there are lots of choices out there. That's and right. one thing, though, I just have to mention about pickleball, especially living in the Northeast, where the weather can be not so, you know, <laughs> outdoor friendly for some people. Mm-hmm. But it's so great that you can play it outdoors pretty much all year round. Yeah, you can shovel. You get the ice pick and the shovel, and believe me, we do that. Haven't had to mm-hmm. do it this winter, but maybe this week we all have to get the shovel out. Well, it's easier than an outdoor rink. <laughs> Shuffling <laughs> one of those. <laughs> I bet you're a cheaper. I remember too. doing that for <laughs> my kids. <laughs> oh my gosh! 
Anyway, so how how can people purchase your book, which is so colorful too? Thank I love you. the illustrations. Yeah, she's a great. Yeah, she was fun. a great illustrator, yeah. and I love that yeah. color palette. Uh, as we say, wherever books are sold, it's hopefully in your local bookstore and in the chains and online and gift stores everywhere. And if you stop by my house, I've got some in the truck of my car. <laughs> Oh, had I known that. <laughs> now you tell me. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, thank you so much, Erin. I, I bet I'd be curious to know how many people are going to run out and start playing after listening to this podcast. <laughs> me too. I hope you do. Give it a shot. You know, last out, the last, last for half an hour. I, I you know, I, I bet you anything you're going to love it. <laughs> Pickleball is life. <laughs> well, I'm definitely going out there. I hope so. You've sold me. Okay. You're okay. right. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Sarah. For over 25 years, I was a teacher, and one of my greatest joys in life is seeing people light up when they have an aha moment. It is pure magic. I've now combined teaching with my knowledge of health into live workshops. I teach throughout the country about gut health and how to transform your health. If you'd like to know when I'll be in your city, subscribe to my newsletter in the description of this podcast.